Hello, hello, and welcome to Baki Taki Season 3, Episode 11. This week we're talking about an episode called The Prison Guard Talks About It. Sounds like a top seller, member of the Oprah Book Club, but it's it's an exciting one. And to continue Tri-Month, we've got two guests once again. We've got a friend of the show coming back for his third episode, Scott. Say hello. Hey. Yep. Are you <laughs> sure this is my third episode? Yes. 100 percent oh i only remember doing one <laughs> yeah i know I'll, I'll, I'll put some <laughs> clips from both to help me out i have my co-host scott hi there because we've got scott back on the, on the pod say hi scott glad to be back because <laughs> um, you, you were one of the you were the fifth ever episode and then you did one where um guy i threw sand at a guy that was a different episode oh yeah yeah okay i remember the sand man yeah yeah oh sand man it's all coming back okay yeah but we've also got a big celebrity guest this episode um we've got michael babaro hey it's michael if you listen to podcasts which we know you do because you're here you know that the biggest challenge is finding great stuff to listen to yeah, but that's why we're here, because we've got the incredible uh, podcast, Baki Taki. Uh, Michael Babaro, of course, is the host of The Daily, um, who puts out podcasts every day. Um, we only put it out once a week. Um, did you want to say anything to your fans? It's Monday, May 22nd. It's actually not, um, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, it's, yeah. it's good to see you again, Michael. <laughs> oh, do you guys know each other? Have yeah. you guys met before? Yeah, a couple times. Oh, wow. So explain that. I don't think this is a time or place, Michael. No. <laughs> yes, that's right, Michael. Um, so as you can see, we're pulling out all the stops <laughs> for this episode. Um, so Scott, um, I've got a question that I've been asking all of my um, ret- all of my returning guests in the duo episodes. It's gonna be. It's it. I don't, how should I do this? You know what? We'll 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 double cast it. Um, Baki is dying to be turned into a Hollywood mega franchise. Um, put out one of these movies every year. If that were the case, who would you cast to play Baki? Mm, that's a very good question. Uh, mm. I mean, maybe he could start as Timothy Timothy Chalamet and then just get larger find larger actors as time goes on because he's not like jacked to begin with but the thing is the bodies are so messed up in Baki like this episode especially I was just like there aren't people who look at all like this so it's it's a tough question because realistically it's like who does Baki look like he looks like the rock but then how do you find someone who's bigger than the rock for Baki to you know face off against and be the underdog against like that's a big ask as well it, it's it's true like they they use cgi to make thanos but like if you put biscuit oliver beside thanos like he would look more yeah. ridiculous than the giant purple spaceman um if you wanted to make it accurate but that's they that's all what... have like their waists are so small and then their shoulders are like three or four times the width well he's built he's built like a predator um <laughs> i was reading a recent yeah I was reading a recent issue where Mr. Oliver shows up. This is like 20 years in the story ahead of what's happening now. And um, it was I was reading it before the translations came out. So it was just a bunch of images. And it was Biscuit Oliver compared to a sumo. And they were talking about how his body is built like a triangle. 
but a sumo is built like an upside or a regular triangle um yeah which was built like a pair yeah mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> so let's let's jump into the episode um so the episode begins biscuit oliver is talking to the warden at the black pentagon arizona state prison um scott what did you think of this scene um I, I know you you've watched oz you 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 love the the prison dynamics so this, yeah this I, I was fun. thinking a lot about oz during this show which is not oz to be clear um not at all that guys i had no idea this is a prison warden or you know that it was set in a prison from the opening they're like you know if you know eventually it comes out you're like oh okay arizona state penitentiary cool got it this guy doesn't look like the warden of arizona state penitentiary at all does he look too too wimpy too uh, too much of a just a loser i guess no he kind of looks like like he's like half nazi half gangster you know the slicked back like blonde hair he's super buff i i he's he's not enough of a loser which is what oz gets right is that the, the prison warden well the warden himself is just like a politician and then the mid-level managers at the prison are, are, are just losers right so that's that's a, an accurate thing but this guy got it i don't know he looks like auto scores in here or something like that not a prison warden yeah no i agree um do, do you think the glasses work though like the aviators that he wears at all times yeah for him they're a sick style like no question yeah. <laughs> it's one of the few jobs where your boss can just wear an aviator all day um so Oliver comes up with um, a great scheme, which, okay, first off, let, let me just set it that um, Oliver wants to fight Baki. Uh, mm-hmm. he, they're going to sell it to cable networks, and it's yeah. going to be the world's, the strongest man in America versus the strongest high schooler in history. It's going to be a spectacular sporting event put on by our own Arizona State Prison and broadcast to the entire world. Oh, I see. Just imagine the billing. The legend Biscuit Oliver, the strongest man in America, will be taking on Baki Hanma, the strongest high schooler in all of history. First of all, would you watch that? Uh, And secondly, do you think every household in America would watch that? (laughs) We can sell the rights to cable television and have it broadcast into every home all across America. This like, have you heard about that that, uh, power slap sport that came out now? (laughs) Yep. Like yep. this would absolutely, this would sell. This would sell. The people would love it. I don't know that I would watch it because I feel like I would only hear about it like the next day. I don't know, three weeks after it happened. Then I'd be like, oh, that's fucking insane. I need to watch this. Yo, did you hear about the, the strongest high schooler in history? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the, 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 the better version of uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader on CBC? <laughs> The thing, the thing to me though is like th- this feels like one step up from bum fighting. Like you can't have two oh, yeah. prisoners fighting each other, especially when one is like an eighteen-year-old, an eighteen-year-old who like I don't know. It if Oliver wins, this is the um, this is not something I want to watch because it would just be brutal. And if Oliver loses, then America has lost. So it's I. Ah, it just doesn't yeah. feel marketable to me. Yeah, if it was just high school kids getting beat up, then it would be bad. But I mean, how much? Like, 
if it was actually like wrestling, they don't, you know, th this is all very controlled and scripted and orchestrated. And they, they, you know, they're like, there's too much money, too much, uh, too much, you know, on the line, too many people watching for us to leave this up to chance. We've got to, you know, make sure that we make a good story. So I assume they would take that approach too with this one. I see. I see. Yeah, that'd be fun. This is the part oh, that reminded wow. me most of, well, most of Oz though, because there's there is like a boxing ring that they run in in the prison. For, oh, seriously? For, not it doesn't get televised, but it's like entertainment for the prisoners, and the warden, you know, they think it's going to be like a constructive direction for a while, but then this Irish guy called Ryan O'Reilly, uh, editor Steve here, Scott messaged me afterwards to say that he meant to say Cyril O'Reilly. Um, as he doesn't want to come off as a fake Oz fan. So keep that in mind. Who's played by the actor who's like the annoying grad student from Goodwill Hunting. Mm. Um, he just like one hit KOs another guy. The other guy dies in the boxing ring. And uh, it's not it's not good. Yeah. No, I'll never I'll never forget uh, in my high school self-defense class with uh, or whatever. Uh, there was a guy in my class <laughs> who kept asking like, like you know why don't you try and knock me out or like put or like see if put me in a hold and black me and i'll black and uh, see if i'll black out or something and, and the guy was like i could do that easy but there's a one in a hundred chance you just die like if you get yeah if you get knocked out you, you know he's you like try to give me permanent brain damage on the low end that was, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad or I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen um, <laughs> anyway uh, so that that sets up the scene. Uh, Oliver is going to organize a fight with Baki. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Um, and that takes us to uh, our next scene. Well, I'm, I'm just going to let you describe this because uh, this is probably your introduction to Maria. Um, yeah. What What do you think of this? I mean, he walks into so Biscuit Oliver walks into this place that looks like a wedding venue. Mm -hmm. there's just this enormously fat woman lying in state there yep. who is not dead but she's like morbidly <laughs> obese she cannot move yes they tell her backstory and she's i don't know taking all of these drugs and somehow become incredibly fat from it from being the most beautiful woman that biscuit oliver could imagine yeah i think and... the drugs i think she just had peanut butter like injected directly into her veins like, I don't, I peanut, don't know butter, worked. peanut butter is a drug created by the u.s military <laughs> to feed gis and i mean when i was overseas they didn't have peanut butter and i was like where the hell is the peanut butter but us like north americans were just like like i couldn't live without that so i i think there is a case to be made there yeah um she, she, but she yeah she's subject she's like I don't, she's like full of shame and self-hatred and she's like isolated from the world like she's like fat norma desmond or something mm -hmm. so there was not a lot of context here i had no idea what was going on yeah to be honest we don't have much more like we know that that's oliver's girlfriend um that's his house in the prison um it's sort of a thing where like mm -hmm. oliver is so free that his he is in prison but it's really nice um, oh, so he's got the Al Capone thing going on. Yeah, he he is yeah. the world's freest man. Um, cool. Is his title, Mister Unchained, um, as he likes to go by. Um, mm, that makes sense. We've 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 met Maria a few times. My pet theory is that Oliver is so strong because he has to lift his girlfriend around, um, mm. and she and she is so big. 
Um, we didn't know what made her so big, so that was cool to learn. The beauty that you possessed was so stunning that it turned every head in town wherever you went. But then you fell sick, and after taking countless medications, you came to look the way that you do today. Um, and I thought it was pretty pretty emotional um, seeing Oliver start crying onto her chest. It, it's it's that type of hard hitting um, emotions is why I watched the show, not the hard hitting fists. Personally, my predominant emotion was confusion, but maybe if you follow it more closely, it would help. That'd be like the world's kindest review. It's like it was a very emotional film, specifically the emotion of confusion. So I did not know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I did rewatch it a few times to try and like get what the themes are going on here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, there's a vagueness of like um, self-confidence, I guess, because um, Oliver has sort of lived this life of... Um, he gets the utmost respect and Baki is the first person to come and um, uh, not do that. Uh, but that mm-hmm. leads into uh, where the fun begins. Oliver in his tuxedo that he wears around prison, which has got to be so hot. Um, he walks into Baki's steaming cell uh, where Baki is, of course, shirtless with his finger cuffs on, uh, where he's been for honestly a good half of this season. And he tells him, we're going to fight on TV. Oh, wow. Baki responds, Baki is such a dick this entire scene. I love it. Um, First off, he calls him Mr. Chained a bunch when his Mm -hmm. nickname is Mr. Unchained. You really don't get it, do you? Mr. Chained. Are you going senile, Mr. Chained? So you think that I'm chained up? Is that what you're saying? That's a Um, savage rose. Savage, absolutely. It's it's so good. Um, And then he has my favorite line where uh, Mr. Oliver says, what do you mean by that? And he says, I mean this, you big bitch. I mean this, you big bitch. (laughs) 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 Puts his foot up against his chest. Um, What what were your thoughts uh, during this initial confrontation between uh, Baki and Oliver? (laughs) Well, I liked that... uh... I, okay, so you're you're, I, I I don't know that I had the you big bitch line from the version I was watching. It was in Japanese. I don't think that made it to the no. subtitles. The one that I liked was Baki being like, "I'm not as shackled as you," <laughs> which is like okay, terrific. I was yeah, I, but just I was thinking, thinking the whole time. There's a bit of like a racial connotation when Baki just keeps talking about him, calling him Mister Chained, calling yeah. him Shackled. Yeah. What is 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 uh is he supposed to be a black guy or or what is is he Hispanic or I believe he's Cuban. He's based okay. off of uh, okay. I get confused sometimes, but I believe he's based yeah. off of the Cuban bodybuilder Sergio Oliva, who was Mr. Universe before Schwarzenegger. Uh, Sergio just becomes Biscuit, of course, when you translate <laughs> it to Japanese and then back again. It's better It's better to do it that way. Like, at least yeah. this way we know it's not the character. Like, we just finished with Jay Guevara, yeah. and that was way too confusing. Like, if, if it was Biscuit Guevara, I think it would... Yeah. Yeah. Jake Rivera's that's like hilarious. Mm. I, yeah, that's impressive. Anyways. Yeah, I did like how this just follows the Baki pattern where it's like five minutes of exposition and then the rest of the episode is just fist fighting. It's fist fighting it's broken up structure. by five minutes of exposition. Like this is mm. one of the slowest paced fights, I think, 
Because the, the whole rest of the episode is probably 30 seconds of a fight. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a book that was written by Tor Noratranders. Its title is The User Illusion, cutting consciousness down to size. All right, let's let's go through the highlights of this fight. Um, first off, what did you think of Oliver jumping out of his tuxedo and in uh, wearing only his uh, leopard thong? Yeah, the Hulk speed. move was impressive. Yeah, because because he just you know just flexes and then it just breaks off. Like that's not everyone can do that. Not everyone, no. <laughs> and I yeah, it's it, like he should consider getting the rest of his outfits made out of the same material as his speedo if he doesn't want that to happen but until then like the way that he just launches that tuxedo at the wall is very impressive and it just reveals his like fucked up super over muscled body as well which is always a treat to see you know oh yes that nobody's built like oliver um yeah but, but you also raise a good point it's almost more impressive not just that he was able to make the tuxedo fly off, but that he prevented his speedo from flying off as well. Because that mm, would have been a bit of essential. Well, I guess Baki follows it with his own version of this too, right? Because uh, uh, we have Biscuit Oliver who's just expanding his body and throwing his clothes off. And then body, Baki does the opposite. And he's like, I'm going to shrink my body. And there's a whole anatomy lesson in there too. The first of two physiology lessons in this this episode. Oh, yeah. Which is it? I haven't seen that in the the earlier episodes that I've watched, and uh, the one that I obviously completely forgot about. Um, well, that, but the great thing yeah, about this it's show insane. Is every fight is teaching you something, and it's nice mm. when it's a fight like this where it's like you know it's teaching you facts about the human body that relate to fighting and not yeah. like. Like we had a uh, we had we had a thing about a fictional Italian uh, hotel owner um, mm -hmm. and how he died in the middle of one of our mm -hmm. last fights. Um, we, we, we've learned about how to make good soup in the middle of a fight. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it, it's nice to learn about um, once again probably fictional things about the body. Although this one is yeah. like this is the type of thing where you know you can explain it and you're like well i guess it's possible yeah i think it's plausible i don't know how many prisons make use of these thumb holds <laughs> so it may not be the most useful information out there but i i was like eh, yeah plausible you just cut off your circulation let maybe it's a useful trick if you get like your ring stuck on your finger or something like that yeah but oh any, i mean anyways it's like the way that they just have Biscuit Oliver narrating the whole sequence, too. It's like, oh, thank you, Dr. Professor. You really know what you're talking about. Well, here, um, okay, here's the thing about Biscuit Oliver that they never do anything with. Like, he, when he was first introduced, he has his own library in the prison that's just for him. And he's read oh, every really? book in it. Like, he oh, is... I didn't, is I didn't a, realize that. That's well. That's the thing. It's show not tell. Like he is a renaissance yeah. man. He's a genius. But the way he fights is like a big caveman. <laughs> just so he can he can go toe to toe with Jay Guevara then on on Marxist and colonial theory. That's impressive. Exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what he was reading up on. Um, he was probably reading. He was like, "Hey, wait, this Che Guevara guy looks a lot like the prisoner Jay Guevara." <laughs> Hey, didn't he die in Bolivia in 1968 or so? Is, is this his son? 
Yeah, so so what, what Baki ends up doing is he first dislocates both of his shoulders at the same time, using just his yeah. muscles, brings it back pretty standard. Um, and then he squeezes his arms together with his own muscles to prevent uh, blood from flowing through, so his uh, fingertips get smaller, he can wiggle out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if his you're His lats watching. are so developed. His lats are just so overdeveloped he can do this, is what Fiskin Oliver says. Yes. It's like, wow, man. It was, it was good to use the technical term there. The technical term for a muscle. Um, but, it's, it's like gym bro science. That was, I was kind of like, this has to be made by some gym bros. Like the writing and the animation. Like oh, there's yeah. no one with the homoerotic aesthetic of all of this like musculature drawing. Plus the knowledge of how to cut off circulation to your thumb <laughs> using just your muscles. It's only the gym bros who have this. It's a big topic at the gym. Hey, I've learned a new trick in case you ever get put in those thumb cuffs from, uh, from Baki. Well, I'm uh, always talking about it. Also, this isn't going to translate well because it's an audio podcast, but like, if you if you watched the way Baki's muscles were flexing when he was squeezing, like, to squeezing his arms, they look like they were made of jello and like that his muscles were going to pop out of his arm. It was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, there's always that, like, terror in this show. Like, there's always, like, are their muscles going to be too big for their body? Or are they going to just explode their body? <laughs> that would be a fun a fun little twist if that just happened. You know, it's funny. That actually does happen this season. Did you see... Uh, I'm assuming you watched the, the opening theme song. Yeah. Did you see when Biscuit Oliver turned into a giant mountain of muscle? I... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like messing over that now. That's yeah. yeah okay. Wow. There you go. So there's a scene where I, it didn't about... register that was what was ha- happening. But oh, it's, I saw it's it, I guess it, it's like a cosmic horror. Like your brain, <laughs> you watch it and your brain will not. Under... Yeah. But it was that was a great scene this season where Biscuit told uh, Baki, "My the reason I'm so strong is because my muscles are so big that I have to hold them in at all times. And if I were to ever mm. untense, I would get that big." And then they showed that, and then he went, I'm just kidding. I'm not as big as a building. <laughs> so it was just a dream sequence. Um, but anyway. Uh, okay, so we've gotten to the point where Biscuit Oliver has jumped out of his tuxedo. Baki has both of his hands. The fight is ready to actually begin. We didn't mention it, but Baki got thrown through a concrete wall and is in another cell hanging out with uh, Rich Cox. Rich Cox, 33 years old, American, sentenced to 18 years. And I guess, I guess the Baki was just like, no, we're going to fight now. He's like, we're not going to fight on TV. We're going to do it now. Yeah. Well, he's fighters more, fight, you know. Yeah. He's, he's opposed to the spectacle of having children fight the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world or whatever. <laughs> Understandably yeah. so. Yeah. No, he just wants to do it for the, the love yeah. of the game. Um, he would not be a Springer fan. Rest in peace. So, uh, Baki tries to punch Oliver. Oliver, being the world's most muscular man, laughs it off, pulls Baki literally through the wall, um, which, if you count the number of things that should just kill <laughs> Baki, um, it, it's a fun drinking game for this episode. Um, but then we get to my favorite part of the whole episode, which is what's described as uh, Biscuit Oliver picks up Baki and then moves him around like a towel. And what came after that was just incredible. 
he was holding Baki's arm and leg like this. But did he throw him to the ground? No, that isn't what he did at all. He swung him around like this. You know what I mean? Just flinging him around like a towel. Um, and I had a real tough time trying to visualize what he was doing, or if I've ever done that with a towel in any way. But do you want to, like, what do you think he was, like, how would you describe this motion, Scott? He kept on, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's like if you had maybe like a sling or something like that, he's holding his foot and then whipping him around like a sling. And I kept on expecting him to slam him into something no but he just keeps whipping her around for like minutes on and minutes on end and then he just lets him go and it's yeah. like is this a threat is it a a, a a psychological move or something i thought he was gonna i'm not start sure doing i thought he was gonna start doing jump ropes with him at one point like yeah <laughs> yeah he's just whipping him like a towel maybe it's a japanese culture thing maybe just you know these honkies we don't know how to whip a towel but in the japanese if, showers you need a lot more space because everybody yeah the <laughs> yeah oh man yeah so so uh biscuit oliver gets a very dominating start to the episode whips baki mm -hmm. around like a towel uh throws him through four more walls um yeah <laughs> Because he went into the next cell, and the next cell, and the next next cell. That was a really good shot. They just show the outside of the cells and Biscuit Oliver. Is he throwing him through, or is he just like running through with Baki? Oh, I think I think he I'm like spear not sure. him or something. Like yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But they just show you know camera pan on the the outside of the cells, and you know he's just bash, bash, bash through all the walls. And the prisoners, the prisoners are all just terrified. Um, also yeah. narrating the fight. It's great. It's one of those scenes where we switch narrators every like mm -hmm. 10 seconds. We go from Rich Cox to a guy that didn't have as funny of a name, so I didn't write it down. Um, eventually we get uh, prison guard Bob McCarthy. Um, yeah. Who also, they said, this is once again not going to translate, but they said he was 27. Bob McCarthy did not look 27. Um, he looked like 40 uh but maybe that's just me <laughs> just an old man bob mccarthy 27 years old american prison guard all right so he was standing there waiting for baki to get up what else was there was uh... I'm, I'm, there's just so much to talk about i'm just trying to figure out what makes sense i mean he goes through he goes through all the cells and then he just runs through the steel door after that right yeah because no room can hold him. Because that's the true yeah. meaning of unchained. Because he's unchained. He's so unchained. Yeah. There was, I mean, the, it just running through the prison walls is hilarious. But there, I, and then there's, there's a shot after he breaks the door just of his ass in the leopard print thong and his, his insane body as he's standing outside the cells. It's, it's wild. It's one, it's one of those things though, that like you can't, it's, it's not, I feel like a lot of these shots could be seen as objectifying if these bodies weren't so gruesome. Like, if they weren't so, mm -hmm. like, unappealing. Like, I've, I've... They're, Yeah, they're completely inhuman bodies. Yeah. They're not They're not even conceivably realistic. Yeah. They're really doing harm to my self-image. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I had a face in my back. 
Yeah. So yeah, so Baki gets uh, thrown through a bunch of walls. Oliver gets him on the ground. Uh, and then he picks up Baki for real this time and doesn't mm-hmm. th- throw him around like a towel. Instead, he throws him like an American football, spikes him into the ground. Um, yeah, this is in like the, the open area in the prison. Yeah. Um, outside of the cells. Just like being watched, spectated by the prison guards. Oh, yeah. Great day to be a prison guard. Well, not yeah. great day to be a prisoner. I would enjoy watching this. I would not enjoy if, being yeah guy. if i was a prison guard in arizona state penitentiary and they have dudes who can just run through a steel wall uh i don't know i'd be like maybe considering polishing up my cv <laughs> sending out you but know, seriously. Some applications yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah oh, michael babaro was, was such a horrible idea to <laughs> 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 oh boy all right. Um, this is where it gets fun. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on Sabaki's so laying on the ground. It's you know he's feeling like this is a real fight. He hasn't had a real fight in ages. You know his fight against Muhammad Ali Jr. just kicked him in the balls and it was over. But like this one's real. Um, what happens to Baki? Because it's quite interesting. And honestly, I don't really know why it happens. It didn't make a huge amount of sense. Like he just gets slammed into the ground. Mm-hmm. leaves the you know the, the subtitles say a 30 centimeter imprint in the ground one imperial foot <laughs> yes Michael. we got one we got one foot in the in the dub <laughs> um and then he's just like lying there on the ground and eventually he just turns into liquid mm-hmm. in his mind as he's lying on the ground and i was very unclear what i was meant to take from this like his vision starts getting fucked up uh, he sees Biscuit Oliver and he's like veiny and muscly and it's like obscene. And then yeah. he dissolves into liquid. Yeah, I don't. And just runs all over the prison grip floor. Ah, there it goes. At last it's starting. <gasps> what? Am, am I melting? <laughs> I'm liquefying. I'm becoming coarse and then smooth, just like water. I I don't get it. Because, like, it's like, I thought where they were, they were going with it. It's like, you know, maybe he's, like, his brain functions are, like, going out. Like, he's about to be knocked unconscious. Like, he's liquidizing. But it seems like, like, he's, he, he, like he gets powered up after this. Like, it seems like the turning into liquid was, like, a super, like, power-up that he had. Um, yeah. It's very graphic too. His, oh, his, know, his eyes eyeballs are, like, are dripping everywhere, and you know, there's like hair sticking there, and it's. I mean, it, he kind of makes like um, he he basically makes like uh, biscuit all of his tuxedo, right? <laughs> Just like disintegrating <laughs> and then running all over the ground. Only it, somehow it re-energizes him, and then he comes back like a spring. Yeah, it's there. There's a lot of times in this show where like. My, my my pet theory is that the author sometimes gets bored of drawing fights mm-hmm. and so yeah. like that's why there's so many interludes and this was just like what if Baki melted and you, you spend some time yeah. drawing that and then you're like well yeah. I can use this but <laughs> yeah <laughs> put it in the page it was very surreal and he leaves like he leaves a mark on the floor after he springs back up like his liquefied body fixes the big 
you know, 30 centimeter imprint in the floor and leaves a mark like a looking like a face yes. on the concrete ground as if he's like got the Shroud of Turin or something. Like it was, it was very, very Jesus-y. Um, yeah. Back, he's back from the dead and ready to kick ass. Back, he's back. He's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, and this is, of course, his uh, demon back, his special hanma back that um makes him very strong um i don't even i have, I have to do some research on that but um <laughs> we'll get they're, back yeah they're kind of all like um i don't know they're all like like magic cards or Yu-Gi-Oh or something they all have their special attacks and strengths and oh this fight is full of that it, i i yeah. so wish you could see the next episode um because what the like it starts with um the uh well we'll get there we'll get there um before that there's one special attack that baki has uh biscuit oliver's like sees that baki has jumped off the ground probably thinks oh he probably turned into liquid or something Um, yeah knows that the fight's for real uh takes one step towards baki and then uh falls on the ground unconscious um yeah (laughs) did you want to dive into that (laughs) well it's the seven samurai move like this is a, a, a oh, there, there's a, there's a scene mean, in yeah sorry. there's a scene in Seven Samurai with that uh, I I don't remember it very well but there you know there's two guys sparring and then they start arguing with each other and they're like no let's do it for real and there's like I don't know like three minutes of basically nothing happening because that movie's three hours long so you know we're gonna okay. t- we're gonna build up some tension and then the same thing happens. And they have the flashback here. You know, they're like two samurais fighting in black and white. And then one guy goes towards the other and then just falls over dead. And it's the same thing. It's like, oh, he's too fast. We can't even see it. Which is what Baki is. Baki is this the 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 you know, the super super swordsman here. Um, I also yeah. I also just wanted to point out, I don't think he was too fast. Like when when they showed it over, like Yeah. It it it, it took him one second to do it. But yeah. Like, yeah, because the first time they show it, they're like, they're like, Biscuit Oliver just falls immediately over. Yeah. And they're like, let's let's roll it back. And then the prison guards are all just sitting there being like, what the hell did I just see? I'm going to start playback. At this point, the two of them haven't moved yet. Right there, Bucky starts moving, but Oliver's still just standing there. He lands a hit. All the footage from here on clearly shows that Oliver had already been knocked out by that blow. This is the point when our naked eyes were first able to register any movement, just one second after the start of the fight. They're watching on CCTV, and uh, yeah, they've got the timestamps on there, and you know, you can see Baki moving on that. It's happening in about a second. So it's like, well, okay, can't have been that fast. Yeah. But maybe they're just, you know, this whole this whole episode is told from secondhand perspectives, right? So maybe they're just playing around with that, right? This they're guy, like, this guy yeah, sweared, this is... Bob McCarthy sweared to God and all that is holy that he didn't blink during this. If we can't, yeah. if we can't trust Bo- uh, Officer Bob McCarthy swearing to yeah. God. I swear to God and everything holy, I'm absolutely certain that in that moment... I didn't blink. I'm going to buy him some visine for Christmas. <laughs> Those dry eyes. 
Oh, he, you're right. He, he, he didn't want to admit that he had the blink. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, there's... The CCTV is very strange. Like, it, it, it's like almost like a Han shot first kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they're being like, Baki's moving first. He, you know, he's moving before biscuit oliver even knows that he's going to move it's like it's and like then if, he just pummels him he just you know just one shot so it'd be like if george lucas in the in the re, in the remastered version <laughs> changed it but then cut to a scene where they look at the cctv and it's like actually yeah. greedo shot first and that's always been yeah. the case <laughs> this is this is actually the i actually have the surveillance footage uh from the bar and it shows the greedo shot first <laughs> thanks george lucas Oh, that'd be great. Um, so that brings us to, um, I just wanted to ask you a question. Are you familiar with uh, Musashi Miyamoto? I have no idea who, this is the swordsman they're talking well, about, right? Yeah, to be fair, you know who he is. The most skilled swordsman in the world, Musashi Miyamoto. You know who he is. I mean, everybody knows him. I mean, everybody knows Musashi mm. Miyamoto. <laughs> is the is the quote from uh officer bob mccarthy um yeah so musashi is the fun thing is um i'll be i'll be a little spoilery here um musashi is like a from what i can tell like a he's, he's like a paul bunyan of japan like this this uh, okay. mythological like the greatest swordsman to ever exist in japanese history mm. i should clarify musashi is a real person in history um paul bunyan i'm not sure about um, and the fun thing is, I don't think that Itagaki, the author, had figured it out at this point. But in a number of arcs, they're actually going to clone Musashi and bring him to the mm. future to fight the cast. So this is like a fun little like um, uh, a, a fun little foreshadowing of the idea. Um, he's he's one of the only guys who can f- fight um, the characters of Baki on equal footing. Anyway, just a, a little narrative thing there. So he's upcoming. Uh, upcoming in our, yeah, w- w- when the new host of this show takes over from my dead body, um, they'll have <laughs> the Musashi arc. Not actually. They're actually, I, did I tell you there's two seasons coming out this, this summer? Terrific. Yeah. Baki's going to fight a caveman and then his dad. So it's going to mm-hmm. be some good stuff. Um, Any hoot. Uh, just to just to wrap things up, there's two more plot points in this episode. Uh, Biscuit Oliver wakes up and tells us about uh, Tor Noratrendez's Nor- the the user illusion cutting consciousness down to size. Have you, mm-hmm. you read you read books? Have you ever heard of this book? I've never read this book. I I mean I've heard this you know this thing or this mm-hmm. this argument, but I I haven't heard ever read this book. Yeah, it's uh, nice that it's nice. You know, as uh, uh, as a librarian, I'm glad he's citing his sources. <laughs> I think yes. I think every book should have every character cite their sources. I think I think that would yeah. be a lot more fun. Every TV show. Yes, we took this joke from uh, Family Matters, uh, episode seven. Yeah, I've googled this now, and this book's from like 1991, I think. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. This, this is going back to my theory of, like, the author getting bored. I honestly think that this is, like, a book that he just read the other day and mm-hmm. um, decided to include it. Um, yeah. And it's fun. This is the, the classic it's nice. thing where... Oh, I was, it's nice there's another non-fictional interlude. 
like another opportunity to learn things from Baki. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, Ugh, that's so stupid. I lost my train of thought. God damn it. <laughs> so explain that. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, there, there's one last thing for this episode, <laughs> um, which is how it ends. Biscuit Oliver, uh, sh- he's very impressed. Oh, so I, I was going to explain what the hell the theory of consciousness is. Um, it's the idea that if I stuck a sharp pin in you, in you or something, your body will react before your conscious mind tells it to, but you, your mind thinks that you made the decision. Um, I'm sure yeah. every, yeah. I'm sure everybody's well, heard that at one point or another. That but... like consciousness is essentially retrospective, right? And you only become aware of decisions that you're making physiologically after they're already made. Yeah. And that was actually the way that Torador Tendez found this out is because uh, the world's strongest high schooler came and chopped him in the neck um, and he fell down before he uh, could decide to. So it was <laughs> really sketchy on the research ethics but again what how much we've learned from this it's really really compelling yeah it's okay he put himself in there you know it's it's like who wasn't somebody who tried penicillin on themselves or something like that there's actually a whole article of scientists who did this such as things for vaccines for polio yellow fever uh laughing gas anesthesia um none of them was uh what i said though so whatever <laughs> yeah that was before we had research ethics yeah it's okay it's okay you if do... you get to write a book out of it yeah it's okay if you do it to yourself <laughs> oh boy all right final shot of the episode oliver says that he doesn't care about this super fast reflexes he doesn't need those cheap tricks because he's got something else entirely um and then the screen fades out with a little like Burp, burp, noise. Um, yeah. What do you think's going on, Scott? <laughs> and that's because I have this. What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like every time, every episode doesn't give you resolution. It's just like, yeah, you think this was a trump card? He's back. Like he's he's not down. He's I I don't know I don't know how you get biscuit all of it down, yeah. but uh, he's he's not done. Yeah, um, I I really I I'm not gonna spoil it now. I'll tell you after we record those guy because I I love the next the whole bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that leads into the finale, uh, which we'll be discussing next week. Um, wow. Before I before I start talking about next week, uh, Scott, you've watched three episodes of Baki. You've remembered probably two of them. Um, do you think that the show is getting better over time? I kind of think this is the best episode that I saw, yeah. but uh, a lot of it didn't make sense because I haven't seen a lot of this sort of a lot of the lead up. But know, it's... I have no idea who this fat white lady is with blonde hair flying in state like. It's it's probably one of the toughest episodes to get dropped into because like 
in, in in the earlier seasons it was a bunch of weird arcs that would take three or four episodes mm-hmm. um but this is like a whole season building up to this event so you're missing out on like 10 11 episodes of context mm-hmm. um but that's what builds up to these incredible moments um all right oh i forgot we have fan questions um scott you're gonna answer this one for me because um i uh don't i don't know the answer and i'm just gonna pray that you do uh who would win in a fight uh baki or poe from kung fu panda uh i don't know if i've ever seen kung fu panda Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so or if i have it's been a long long time however if it was Mm -hmm. poe from teletubbies i'm sorry to say it would probably be baki (laughs) i don't want to watch that (laughs) I know. I don't need to see uh, Baki. Uh, uh, well, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, on that note, um, the season finale of Baki Taki is next week. Um, I'm going to put out a bonus episode to talk about uh, what's coming next because there'll be a few things coming up, um, such as the fact that we are out of episodes and we don't have any more until July. So there's going to be a break. Um, that's 90% of what the bonus episode would have said. So um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but the next one should be a lot of fun. I have a fun format. If anybody likes Frasier, it's sort of like that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's all the, the Baki. We've got to Taki. And I'll uh, see y'all next week. Usually our guests say bye. Oh, okay, he waved. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right. Okay. Interesting, right. Right <laughs>